Do you remember the movie Jurassic Park, the one with the dinosaurs, that were cloned from fossilized DNA and featured as the main attraction at an exotic amusement park on a tropical island? Now, I'm not worried about giving away spoilers to a movie that's almost 30 years old, but as you probably remember, things go wrong, and eventually the dinosaurs are out of control. In real life also, we often experience moments in our life where things seem out of control. For example, we're finally coming to the end, maybe, of an election season, and I don't know about you, but it seems to me that the polarization in American politics is completely out of control. We're in the third surge in coronavirus cases, bigger than both of the previous two surges, in the midst of a pandemic that seems completely out of control. And that's not the only global problem we have. There is the problem of our poor stewardship of the environment about which we've been hearing more in recent years. How we have trashed the ocean with plastic and poured toxic chemicals into it and spewed toxic fumes into the air. And despite all the different measures that have been taken, it seems that our pollution of the environment is also out of control. And perhaps underneath all of this, contributing to the rise in social incivility even contributing to these environmental problems that we're facing, a rampant, reckless individualism that seems out of control. Now, sometimes when I talk about this, I hear a very simple phrase, God's in control. And that's true, especially when it comes to the world to come, as we heard in today's epistle. But in this world, God certainly doesn't look like he's in control. In this world, we don't see everything subjected to Christ. We see everything in chaos. We see everything out of control. And it's tempting to conclude sometimes when we're looking at this that if God really is in control, he has left the building. He has abandoned us. But that word abandoned leads us back to the cross upon which Christ said, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And so we remember today that Christ himself was tempted by that feeling that God had abandoned him. But he shows us how to deal with this feeling. He shows us not to accept it, because it's a lie. It's a lie. And his response Instead of believing that God had abandoned him, he abandons himself in perfect trust to the will of God. And he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And in doing that, he illuminates everything. And this cry from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Becomes not a cry of the abandoned child, but it's transformed. And we see the psalm from which he's quoting is the fulfillment of a messianic prophecy. And we see in the light of the resurrection that when the psalmist writes, they pierced my hands and my feet, that he's referring to the hands of the one who created the world. 
He's referring to the feet under which Christ's enemies were subjected to him as his footstool. And when he writes, and they divided my garments among them, he's referring to the one who willingly divides his resurrected body for us in Holy Communion. And when he writes, and for my clothing they cast lots, he's referring to the one who stripped us of our sins and clothed us in the garment of incorruptibility. And so where does that leave us? It leaves us with a very simple task to abandon ourselves to God in trust and to abandon ourselves to doing his will in obedience. And we start very simply with the clearest commandments that we have. And you probably remember the two greatest commandments that Christ told us, to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself. And from there, according to your love for God and your zeal, you can strive to keep all the evangelical commandments, all the commandments that Christ gave us as recorded in the Holy Gospel accounts. And from there, you can go to the Ten Commandments and the entire Mosaic Law. And if we are in humble obedience to him, he can illumine the spiritual meaning of the entirety of the Mosaic Law, which he told us he did not come to abolish but to fulfill. And he can even reveal to us his unwritten will for the particularities of our own lives. And so this, brothers and sisters, is the way to perfect peace. It's the way to blessed assurance in a world that seems chaotic and out of control. This is the way to receive the grace to see what ordinarily we cannot see. To see that the feeling that God has abandoned us is a lie. It does not point to an eternal truth. So through the prayers of the holy archangels, in whose honor we are gathered today, may God give us the grace to do as they did, to be perfectly obedient to the will of God, and if it be his will, perhaps even to receive a glimpse of what the many-eyed cherubim constantly see. Everything, including us, subjected to Christ in the world to come.